Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, stay tuned for the conclusion of last week's message. It doesn't take a whole lot of intelligence to believe there's something bigger and greater than you. That's causing the sun to come up every day at the same time and the moon to come up at a certain time and the temperatures to change and all that and rain. And, you know, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that something and some power greater than us created what's here. Okay. now I know there are some folks that are so intelligent that they've intellectualized themselves out of the logic that there is something even bigger. And they're out there searching for some atom of explosion that caused all this to happen. And out of an atom of explosion, through some kind of coincidence, that everything just kind of came together. And you and I were formed with all these multiple molecules and all these different types of DNA and different fingerprints and different hair textures and different colors of skin. And all of that just happened coincidentally because of some explosion of an atom. I just stopped by to tell you that's just a lie. That's not how it happened. There is a God and he He's bigger than us, but it doesn't take a whole lot to understand that and to comprehend that. So it's okay to have faith in God, but you can't get to God unless you have faith in Jesus. You can't get to the Father except you come through the Son. So your faith has to be in the right place, especially if I'm going to be justified before God. Because I can't rush in on God with an unjustified spirit, with an unjustified flesh. I've got to get that flesh justified before I get into the presence of God. That's why he sent his son. So he says, look, the righteousness of God has now been revealed, even the righteousness of God. And that righteousness of God is going to come through faith in Jesus Christ. He goes on. Verse number 24, he says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because of his forbearance of God. He passed over sins that were previously committed. The second movement here is that the righteousness of God is obtained through faith in Jesus Christ. I love what he says here. First and foremost, verse 24, he says, we are being justified. And this phrase here, being justified, it's in the present tense of the Greek text. And when we say that, it means we are continuously being declared righteous before God. What that says to me is that the continuation of the declaration of us being declared righteous before God has nothing to do with us. It just keeps going and going and going and going. There's no stop to the declaration of our righteousness before God. It just keeps going. But it's happening. It comes freely at no charge. This gospel, this declaration of being declared righteous before God, for you and I to be right before God, it doesn't come at a cost that you or I have to pay. It's given freely by the grace of God. So in other words, you and I became or become righteous before God without paying any price. You don't have to stand in any line and pay any amount. You don't have to give a certain amount to be righteous. No, you got that as a free gift from God, and it was given by God to you, not on a condition of your love for him, but because of his love for you. He gave it to you, not because you deserved it, but he gave it to you out of grace. That means you couldn't earn it, and you didn't deserve it. I wish I had one or two people that understood the grace of God. And I know we're in the gift giving 
given season. And typically, we only give gifts if we've got some kind of desire either to keep a relationship in check or either to give to somebody we figure is going to give to us. Am I still right here? Amen. We, we're trying to keep relationships in check. So, I mean, you're not going to show up in mama's house and not bring mama a gift, are you? I mean, come on, you're going to at least try to stay the favorite son or the favorite daughter, amen, or at least try to get in that place. I mean, hopefully you don't show up on Christmas morning at your own house and don't give your husband or your wife a gift or, or at least say Merry Christmas or something like that. You're trying to stay in good grace, amen. Even with your children, you're going to buy them at least one of the gifts that they ask for, amen, because you want to at least be declared a halfway decent parent. Am I talking to anybody here this morning? But our giving of gifts has conditions, amen. You don't just walk around giving gifts to folk you don't know. And especially if you know they don't deserve it. Okay, let me just get right on in your business. You know the guy standing on the street with the little sign? And he got brand new tennis shoes on that look better than the ones you got on? And he looked like he got a haircut. He'd been to the barbershop and all that. Now, you already assessed all that before you reach in your wallet. And you say, he don't deserve none of my money. He looking better than I am. So you're not just giving out gifts, but look at what God did. God looked at us and said, y'all are wretched, undone, wicked, and desperately wicked at that. But I'm going to give you my cloak of righteousness anyhow. That's grace. So we obtain grace freely by God. Not that we earned it, not that we deserve it. And in fact, we didn't deserve it. And the reality is you know you better than I know you, and I know me better than you know me. And I know I didn't deserve it, and I sure know that you know you didn't deserve it. And so we know it was by grace of God that we were declared righteous in the first place. But it was given to us freely. Freely it was given to us. But the fact that it was free doesn't mean it didn't have a price. It's right here in the text. There's a price. Verse 24 says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. This um, redemption that is in Christ Jesus' word, redemption, comes from the Greek word apolytrosis, which means a ransom payment. And God set forth Jesus as an openly available ransom payment. God said, I'm putting forth my son as a ransom payment for the cost that is going to cost for you to be declared righteous. And I'm going to make him available as a propitiation. That word just means as a sacrificial atonement. Lord, have mercy. In other words, I'm going to offer him as a sacrifice so that the payment for your sin can be paid for. And I'm going to make the payment for sin available to whosoever will. And it'll be up on the open market. But the only way that you can appropriate it is you've got to appropriate it through faith. So in other words, the only way you can gain access to the payment that was made for you so that you and I could be declared forensically clean before God, righteous before God, is you've got to exercise faith in the right place. You've got to put faith in Jesus Christ in order for you to get the payment for the redemption of your life. So in other words, I can get the ransom payment paid. The devil's holding you ransom until the payment is made. But you can acquire the ransom payment for free. You can get the money for free. You don't have to pay it back. No strings attached. Jesus Christ died as a ransom for the sin that every single one of us had. And then God said, I'm making it available to everyone who exercises faith, who reaches out and believes in what they cannot see and believes what God said I'm going to allow his payment to be paid on your behalf. And so therefore, once the ransom payment is paid 
I'll take my cloak of righteousness, wrap you up in it, and declare that you are righteous before God. And when you stand on that last day before the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he looks down on you, he won't see your righteousness. He'll see his own righteousness wrapped all over you. Now this redemption, this ransom payment was paid in Jesus Christ, whom God set forth again as a propitiation by his blood. So it was the blood that paid the price. If that was the price for your ransom. In other words, if I can say it this way, and if you look at the text, walk, walk through me with the text. It says, look, now there's a price for, for sin. The wages of sin is death. And so death had to come. And so what God needed was he needed blood that was not tainted with sin in order to give you and I a blood transfusion because we were stained from the inside out with a blood that just kept passing from generation to generation to generation. And so in order for us to be able to have our blood changed, he needed blood out of the vessel of a human being. And so therefore he wrapped himself up in flesh, was born in a manger, came out and he lived 33 years without sin so that the blood could remain untainted and then he could offer that blood up on Calvary's cross and then take the blood in the same way that the priest used to go behind the veil and behind the curtain. He went behind the veil and behind the curtain and he sprinkled his own blood on the altar of sacrifice so that then you and I as long as we exercise faith could be declared righteous before him. And if we want that righteousness, we can obtain it through faith in Jesus Christ. Last thing. So the righteousness of God is revealed through faith in Jesus Christ. The righteousness of God is obtained through faith in Jesus Christ. But finally, the righteousness of God is demonstrated for the ones who will have faith in Jesus Christ. He says in the latter part of verse 25, he demonstrates, he set forth as a perpetuation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate that at the present time, his righteousness, that he might be just and justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. God offers his only son for the sole purpose of demonstrating that he is righteous. Because, you know, and I'm just trying to put myself in the seat of God for just a moment. God knows us. And if God had showed up on the scene and said, I'm righteous, one of us would have said, how do we know that? Am I right about it? Somebody would have questioned God. Somebody would have gotten up enough nerve and said, he said he's righteous, but I don't know. I don't know about that. Somebody would have challenged the righteousness of God. And in fact, they may have used this very argument that Paul raises in the text, but he lets us know why. He says now, In his forbearance, God passed over sins that were previously committed. Watch this. Now, it wasn't that God ignored sin. God passed over sin. Watch this. And the mechanism that he used to pass over sin was the ceremonial offering of blood blood from animals. So, in other words, when they went into the temples and offered this blood, for animals for sin, it wasn't taking away sin. It was just covering it up temporarily. 
and God just kind of passed over it because at least they had put a covering over it. In other words, God said, that's ugly. That's ugh, it's ugly. But can you just put something over it? So they say, well, we got some animal blood. Put some animal blood over there. At least I see some kind of blood. It didn't take away the sin because underneath the animal blood, there still was sin. Are y'all still here? And so God says, well, I'll just let y'all keep covering that up until I send my son. I've got a plan for taking the sin away, but you just keep covering it up and I'll just keep passing over it until such time that we got to deal with it. But the time is going to come that we got to deal with this sin. And so he passed it over in that regard. Not that he ignored it. He just passed it over. And that's why someone would say, well, God's been passing over sin, so therefore he must like sin. No, no, no. God said, no, there has to be a price paid for sin. And I want my payment in human currency. I'm not, I'm not okay with animal currency. Animal blood is not doing it for me. You can get that on the side of the road, roadkill. You can get blood from roadkill. I don't need that. I need a human agent in order to take away that sin that the humans did against me. Because humans, I made them in my image, created them after my likeness, and then they disobeyed me. And so, therefore, there's a price that needs to be paid, and I need that price to be paid in human currency. And so, God went through the eons of time, and in my imagination, he walked through Elijah and he walked through Isaiah and he walked through Ezekiel and he looked at all the prophets of old and he looked through the men and the women of the Old Testament. He walked into the new and he went through generation and he couldn't find nobody who was without sin for all had sinned and come short of being glorious in his sight. And so since no man can do it, I'll do it myself. And so therefore he ran himself up in mortal flesh, walked among men, did not sin, and then willingly said, I'll die for you. I'll die for you. I'll sacrifice for you. I'll shed my blood. I'll bleed out for you. So nail me to a cross. Hang me up high. Stretch me out wide. I'm going to give my whole life so that you can live because I want to redeem you to myself because I love you so much that I don't want to see you separated from me forever. So he gave his life. The human offering was given so that you and I could be redeemed. And all he says is now, put your faith in the right place. Put your faith in my son, Jesus Christ. That's where he asks us to put our faith. He's demonstrating that he is righteous because a righteous one makes his law, but he sticks with his law. And so since his law says the wages of sin is death, and that is death of a human, so a human had to die, and a human had to die that could justify man, and Jesus Christ was the only one that could do it. So he died. God proves himself to be righteous in that he didn't even spare his own son. Romans chapter 8 says he would not spare his own son, but he delivered him up for us, for our sin. And when our sin was placed on him, he had to die because sin demands death. But watch this. But when he died, he died with all of my sin. He died with all of your sin, but he took all 
all of that sin to the grave. And even though they put them in a borrowed tomb where every other person who had been put there is still there. But because he had no sin of his own, when the inventory was taken, there was no sin in him. And so therefore, on the third day, he got up with all power in his hand. And he says, now I am qualified to be just and justifier. I'm the only one that can transfer righteousness to you because I have no sin of my own. There is no other person, no other entity, no other created deity that even professes to have the righteousness that can be transferred to you that way. In other words, in some faiths they say, you can do this and do these deeds and do this, this, and this, and this, and maybe you'll make it. No, Jesus says, no, I made sure of it. I gave my very life to prove that I am not only righteous, but also that I am qualified to be just and the justifier. Now, can I make this plain for you? I know I'm, I'm, I might be talking a little bit above your head. I'm, I'm bringing it on down. Let me say it like this. How can someone who themselves is dirty make you clean? Let me say it another way. How can a mechanic who's been working on cars all day, laying on the ground, oil falling all over his clothes. How can he take off his mechanic's outfit, wrap it up on you, and think that you're going to look clean? It's just not going to happen. Because every time that mechanic who has filthied himself with the dirt of the automobile and the oil and the grease and all that, it's all over him. And when he takes off his cloak and puts it on you, he just putting dirt on you and you already dirty. But God, when he offered his own son as a demonstration of his righteousness, there was no dirt found on his garments. There was no sin found in his life. There was no vial found in him, but he was righteous, he was clean, he was holy, and so therefore, he is the only one who can take off his garment, wrap you up in it, and you would be able to be declared righteous before God. I'm trying to help somebody understand that justification comes by faith in the right place. You can't have your faith in Muhammad. If Muhammad was dirty, you wearing dirty garments. You can't have your faith in Buddha. Buddha didn't have no clean garments to give. You can't have your faith in Confucius, John Smith, or nobody else. Your faith has to be in the only one who has life. And my father says, in him, my son is life, and in him, there is life. And and, watch this, and, and if, you, if you accept him, if you believe in him, then you should have that life in you too. You can't get it no other way. John 14 lets us know, look, I'm the way, I'm the truth. I'm the life. Nobody can get to the Father except they come through me. You can't get there any other way. You try to come up any other way. Any man that comes any other way, they're a thief and a robber. That's what the Bible tells us. It lets us know that for clear, for certainty. You're a thief and a robber. But Jesus says, look, I'm I'm I'm, I'm the means. I'm qualified to be the just and the justifier. Watch this. Where's the boasting then after that? Jews, what are you bragging about now? You can't brag about the law no more. You can't boast in anything else no more because watch this. When Jesus Christ is the one that makes you righteous, what do you, what do you have to brag about? You can't, well, you know, I was so good that the Lord just let me in. No, you, you ain't no, bro. No, you can't do that. 
I kept all the law and all the pretenses, and I was good. I kept the golden rule. Golden rule not helping nobody. You got a golden rule and a dirty heart. What good is that? No, you, there, where is the boasting, he says? There's no boasting left to be done when God has done it all through his son, Jesus Christ. There's no boasting. Ephesians says this way, for by grace you were saved through faith. Faith where? Faith in the right place. Faith in Jesus Christ. No, no room for boasting. Not of works. No works of the law got you to this place. It was a gift from God. A gift from God. And that gift is eternal life. But that gift of eternal life comes through Jesus Christ, my son. That's the only way we're going to do this. Faith has to be in the right place. And I just want to encourage us today. Put your faith in the right place. Not in the works of God, but in God of the works. Because when you put your faith in him, he can take care of everything. And the more important thing for all of us, I know we want to we wanna have blessings in this life. We want to, you know, be, be nice and we want to have all these different things that God, we ask all these things of God. But the most important thing, if you only get one request from God, that request ought to be, Lord, I want to be declared righteous before you. God can bless you with a car, but a car is, is good today and tomorrow is broken down. He can bless you with a house, but a house is, is good today and tomorrow is broken down. But if he bless you with righteousness, you inherit everlasting life. And that life is with him forever. Faith in the right place. Faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Father in heaven, thank you for your word today. Thank you just for helping us open up this scripture. I pray, eternal God, that we will be the stronger in our faith and in our understanding of what you've done for us. For, Lord, you gave your only son to prove to us that you are righteous. And you, being a righteous God, have a, a will and a desire to put the, the ransom payment where we can reach it, where we can see it. For you already let us know that all have sinned and come short of your glory. And that the wages, the payment for our sin is death. But the gift from God is everlasting life through Jesus Christ, your son. Father, you encourage us if we repent with our mouth, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we shall be saved. If we put our faith in the right place, that we shall be saved. Father, maybe there's someone here, someone listening, someone streaming who's never put their faith in the right place. Maybe today, if they were to stand before you right now, they would not be declared righteous. Maybe they've been trying to make their way through the law, trying to be good, trying to treat people right and those kinds of things. But Lord, today they realize that if they're going to be declared righteous, They have to put their faith in Jesus Christ. So, Lord, draw that man, that woman, that boy, that girl, so that they can live a righteous life for you. Bless your opportunity even now, God, as you speak to hearts, minds, and souls. Draw men, women, boys, and girls. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.